Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time. Thank you for tuning in again to our Season 3. My name is Daniel Locke, your Forever DM. I'm joined today by a new co-host. He's my dear friend, my childhood friend. Maybe? I don't know, he's giving me a weird face. Hi, Daniel Lee. This is Introduce long yourself. Intro. Okay, fine. What would you say? And you just doxed me. <laughs> Did you not want to say your last name? That's fine, too. <laughs> we can skip that. I'll no, edit it's it out. fine. Daniel Lee is such a common name that even if you, like, look me up on Facebook, you would never... Well, I'm, I deleted my Facebook, but before... Like, if you Google Daniel Lee, it's, like, such a nondescript name. Yeah, plus Facebook doesn't exist anymore. It's meta now. Really? Yeah, it's called Metaverse. Or no, it's not Metaverse. It's called Meta, I believe. Wait, Facebook is just gone? No, Facebook still exists, but they've been rebranded as Meta. Like, if you look it up on the stock market, there's no FB anymore. It's just Meta is what it's called. Oh, crazy. This yeah. is a great intro, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys all for <laughs> listening to us. As you can tell, this is kind of the vibe of our new what? dynamic. Oh. Yeah, our dynamic duo, the Double Ds of Destruction. Yeah, hi. Welcome to Season 3. I'm Daniel. I don't know a lot about Facebook. Yeah, clearly. Neither do I. Anyways, as you know, we are a D&D podcast where we take a random prompts that someone sends to us hopefully or i find myself thanks richard thanks richard yes and we turn it into a one-shot adventure thank you richard for sending in those prompts and also andrew and gotta shout out the homies yeah i'm trying to figure out who else sends in prompts so far it's just been those two right but yeah again we make one-shot adventures or we try to and somehow stay on topic um (laughs) yeah our rules lawyer player is taking a quick break so that's why daniel's here he's retired enjoying life yeah, now we're making Quit D&D content. fucking doxing me, bro. What the heck? Is it doxing They know you? my employment, my last name. What else what? you gotta give them? Uh, I don't know, your social security? Last my social, yeah. Yeah, your mom's made a name? It is. Your cat's made a name? Oh, yeah, well, my cat is a pure maiden. Oh, okay, okay. So her name is Kiko. Oh, cute. Yeah. She's very adorable. Yep. We also sell cat feeders on this podcast. Anyways, <laughs> we need to get on topic. <laughs> Fuck. What the hell is the point of this podcast? This is a great first episode. (laughs) Seriously. Anyways, we make one-shots. The topic for this one is actually going to be the Netflix animation special... Special? Animation episode, series, cartoon. It's called Inside Jobs. It's on Netflix, guys. Check it out. It's great. The main themes behind it... Oh, fuck. You know what it is, right? Have you seen it? Uh, Yeah, okay. So this is going to be a great contrast to episode zero because this time I just get to try and bullshit a bunch of stuff about the show. (laughs) while the other Daniel <laughs> actually knows what it's about. But I have seen the first episode, so I, I know that it's the premise is like the government is actually run, or rather the, every conspiracy theory about the government is true and there's like a whole secret operation going on. Yeah, except for the Flat Earth one. Apparently it is actually round, but there is a Hollow Earth. Is that confirmed in the show? Yes, that is confirmed in the show. Okay. So yeah, Inside Job is an animated show on Netflix. It's made by the writers from Gravity Fall. Uh, which is another really great animated hmm. show. Didn't know that. Definitely recommend. Have you watched Gravity Fall before? No. You should. It's great. But okay. not or, the point of this episode. You know, I could not watch it, and then we do another one-shot about it. That could also just, be cool. I just try to pretend that I know what I'm talking about. True, true, true. Anyways, it's an office comedy animation show where a group of individuals that are less than... They're not the appropriate individuals to be running the free world. The setting of the world is that America, as you said, all these conspiracy theories actually do exist, and it's up to this company called Incognito Inc. or Cognito Inc. to kind of hide these conspiracies and run the run America and the rest of the world. So some of the common conspiracies include the president's actually a robot, John F. Kennedy wasn't actually shot, Avril Lavigne is a clone, stuff oh, that's, like that. Oh, that's in the show? Yeah, that's actually in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I think that's like a fun setting to build a one-shot adventure in, so yep. maybe we could take a crack at that. For sure. Uh, what were you thinking about in terms of like what to draw from the show? The main thing was the setting. I really like the idea of the world is run by like a secret organization and playing off that. And then from like a fantasy realm setting, it could be like a kingdom ruled by this high noble court, but behind the scenes, it's actually a bunch of like powerful shadowy figures that suck at their jobs mm. and are trying to keep the aspect of magic hidden from the rest of the kingdom. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. I think a really important distinction there is that it's not just like a shadow government. It is a shadow government of just hilariously incompetent yeah. people. Interesting. So my worry is there's an issue of scale, right? Because mm -hmm. like an inside job, the American government isn't just America, right? Because like America has influence over basically the entire world. Yeah. I'm sure that sounds like another <laughs> like, oh, fucking. It's a, is that a hot take? Probably like, not. Like stuck up Americans always thinking that they rule the world. But, um, yeah, so the issue is, if it's just, like, a kingdom, then maybe the trope would kind of fall on its face because it's just like, oh, you discover that, you know, the king is actually controlled by this and that. Mm. Which is, like, you know, like, it's pretty tropey or it's pretty overdone. Yeah, I mean, you could take the scale up a notch and just say, like, the deities of the Forgotten Realm are controlled by these, like, five ah, shadowy figures and okay. go even higher in scale. That sounds great. But I wonder how you would do that for a one-shot. I mean, it doesn't sound impossible. Mm -hmm. I guess we can start with that. I don't know if you like that enough to commit to it. Well, I like the setting. The general hook I was kind of going at was you're a group of adventurers trying to hide one particular magical aspect from being discovered by a bunch of regular peons in the world. Yeah, so like a quick one might be like, here's a village and it's being attacked by this giant weird dragon or bullet. And you are a group of individuals that have to make sure that the village doesn't discover that dragons exist or shapeshifters or werewolves exist. Huh. Or Bigfoot. Okay. Or the Loch Ness Monster. Or clones. I don't know. I'm just drawing from the show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be more interesting or like more compelling if we just did this in a modern setting, not Forgotten Realms? That's perfectly fine too. I don't see why not. Because... If it's about, like, hiding fantastical stuff from people, it feels like you would have to do a lot of, like, jumping through hoops to explain, like, oh, well, people know about dragons, and they know about, like, liches, but they don't know about, like, this. Well, that's what I was thinking as a starting point, was that it would be in, like, a classic actual medieval setting where there was no actual fantasy elements. Oh! That might be if we were gonna go from, like, a more old-school fantasy-looking setting right but we can also take it to the modern setting where it's like oh you're in modern day new york but there's turtles that live in the sewer that can talk ah i see i yeah. see okay i don't know which one that i would prefer i think i am kind of starting to like the medieval take okay let's try it from there first and see where it goes if we don't like it we can always circle yeah, back and try back. again and then we'll just edit out whatever we said yeah 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 and it'll just be a terrible cut <laughs> right, that'll jump in yeah. right here it'll be like let's i'm liking the medieval take and then it'll cut and be like yeah so anyways it's in new york <laughs> modern day new york yeah just totally cut out so from the medieval setting where it's like oh yeah there's knights there's kings and there's an unholy church not an unholy church it's a church uh-huh maybe it's unholy well, i think they would call themselves the holy church yeah but it's probably unholy yeah, I mean, they just don't let other people read. Yeah, they just don't let people read, I guess. Ah, right, 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 right. 
I think that's how that worked. They yep. hated the printing press when it happened. Indeed. I mean, I don't really understand. Well, the printing press thing, I think it was, I'm totally talking out of my ass now because <laughs> I know nothing of history, but I'm pretty sure it was because people who were in charge of writing stuff, like holy texts and mm-hmm. such, were mad because now anybody could print books and anybody could get their hands on education. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe that's it. The You're trying to stop the printing press from coming to life. Not coming to life, from being born. Ah, uh, wait. We, no. No, we're not, not going that, we're not going that <laughs> route? I was going to say, like, what if it was a haunted printing press? <laughs> the letters are making its own oh, words. No. It just calls you a cuck. <laughs> People didn't know what cucks were in. Maybe, it, maybe cuck is, like, a super old word and has, like, this very deep etymology back to, like, ancient Rome. Yeah, it'd be very cool. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> Caesar calling, like, his council just cucks. Yeah. And then that's why he got stabbed in the back. Right. What is his name? What was the guy who stabbed him? Briatus? Bruce? Brian? Bruce? Bryce? Brutus? Brutus. Was, yeah. that C- was that Caesar? Yeah, I think Caesar gets stabbed by Brutus. We should stop talking about <laughs> history. Because <laughs> it's like painful. Like every other sentence is just, just being like, what was the guy? Why did they do that? <laughs> yeah, clearly we know nothing about history, so we're right. going to move away from that. Anyways. Yeah. So we're going to start with the plot hook then. Yeah, let's iron that out a bit. So we've decided that it's going to be typical dark ages i know historians don't like that term why because talk more about history for me. ah yes so according to a reddit post that i may or may not have read at some unspecified time no i think it's apparently it's because like the dark ages were not there wasn't such like a disparity in terms of uh like education or economic like wealth okay but again both of us truly just know so little about history so take that with a grain of salt yeah big giant grain of salt Either way, though, like, the concept is that modern-day medieval ages where no actual magic exists, but people might think of these stories like werewolves, Robin Hood, and dragons, but they actually don't exist to them in their mind, but they do actually exist in the world. I guess the way you would pitch it to your party is that you guys know dragons exist, but the people in the medieval ages do not, but they tell stories of it. Right, yeah, what's interesting about this is, or, I mean, this might not even be true, but... What we think of historically is people using myths to kind of explain unexplained phenomena at the Mm -hmm. time. It could be an interesting take to sort of spin that in a way that ties into the campaign. But -hmm. I'm not really sure because it it feels like it would kind of weaken the setting, right? Because, like, we don't believe in conspiracy theories. That's why making a show where everything is actually true is kind of like a fun, uh, I forget what the term is, like, it goes against your expectations. Mm-hmm. There's like a writing TV tropes term for that. Yeah, yeah. Subvert expectations. Subvert expectations. Okay, that makes sense. Can you edit that back in so I sound smart? Uh, I'll try. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on how well I can cut it, honestly. Anyways, back to the actual point of this podcast, which is... Selling automatic cat feeders. <laughs> yeah, selling automatic cat feeders. Please message me for Daniel's Discord yeah, anyways, okay, so, so yeah, yeah, okay. If What's the hook, damn I think, it? I think if we don't, yeah, if we don't hammer this down, we're going to be here for like four hours. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and say that it's the typical low fantasy, well, okay, so how about this then? I guess it would be more like nobody knows about magic, like nobody, mm-hmm. like people kind of superstitiously believe that magic exists, but obviously like they've never seen proof of it. Yes. Or, you know, maybe they believe in it, but like it's not ever present to them. Yeah. So I guess it would be like, you know about magic... And magic is secretly running the world. Yes. But you need to keep that a secret because otherwise... They'll burn you out on the stake. Right. Or, I don't know. 
this seems like an interesting approach, which is who is controlling magic and why do they want to keep it a secret from people? Well, clearly you are. You're the group that is controlling No, magic. right. You work for the society, mm-hmm. but who is at the top, right? Like who wants to keep it a secret? I think if you think about it from like a modern day perspective, it's you just want to keep the people down so they don't understand they can't learn about magic so they can't fight you for power and control. That's probably the real reason behind it. Right. But from an adventure aspect, you are probably just like young new wizards who've just gained magical powers mm-hmm. and are sent on jobs to conceal or hide abominations or magical experiments that have gone awry. Right. Okay. Kind of like yeah. the men in black in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe it would be better to purposely keep it ambiguous. Yeah. Just for story's sake, because it is a one-shot, so nobody's mm-hmm. going to be like, I find the CEO, and I ask him why he's hiding magic. Yeah, the CEO could probably just appear as like a hologram thing, wearing like a big mask, and just right. be like, yeah, we need to hide magic from the world for the good of the people, but they don't have to explain why. I worry that in all of our one-shots, we're going to like create an ambiguous society where the CEO shows up as a projection because that's literally what we did in episode zero. <laughs> it's easy. We just like suck so bad at world building that it's just like, uh, the CEO, he's a magical guy and you see a projection over him but you don't know who he is. It's hard because it's a one-shot adventure. You don't have a lot of time to explore right, all the right. setting. Right? No, I think it's better to just be like, yeah, you work for a very convoluted society and then if you, maybe on the off chance that you actually end up extending this into a campaign, then you can flesh it out. Yeah, and explore it how you want. Clearly, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) Okay, but I mean, at the end of the day, to start it off, we have the setting ironed out, and the group is just probably a new young set of wizards or spellcasters or someone affiliated with the company who's tasked with hiding the magic. Right, okay. So do you want to move on to what the actual plot is going to be like, like what the end goal will be, or... Do you want to iron out a few more details about why magic or can only be used by certain people and, you know, like nitty-gritty like that? Do you want to do the rest of the sort of outline first or should we yeah, let's dive a... deeper into the setting? I think we should spend a little bit more time on the outline. I want to know your opinion on just saying that everyone in the world actually can use magic. It's just this group trying to suppress it. You know? uh, it's hella socialist, so I'm all for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Overthrow your government, boys. That's the message today. Yeah, so maybe this one-shot adventure is that you're working for a group that's suppressing everyone and trying to keep them down, even though everyone has the ability to use magic. They just don't want them to know because manual labor somehow is cheaper. Maybe there's a mana deficiency in the world if we really want to go that route. Huh. I guess if it is everybody can potentially use magic, then what would the reason for suppressing it be in that case? Well, I mean, I guess you wouldn't want people to have power. Yeah. The whole thing is the power struggle, realistically, from that aspect. Yeah, okay. No, I think that works. So without going into sort of the nitty-gritty of that, then, let's decide sort of the quest that the party has to do. So we have, like, two directions. We can either make him, like, a very intro wizard, like, here's a party of young, brand-new spellcasters that were Mm -hmm. hired on as essentially interns for this big, dark, evil company with a hologram present. Right. Or you can go the opposite route, which is what the show actually does is these guys are like high level individuals right. with a lot of power in the company and they just fuck around and just screw things up all the time. Yeah, okay. I do like that, but for a DM, I think it would get off the rails really fast. Yeah, and I don't know how we could really like outline the one shot 
on paper for a DM because this would be a very fun one shot for me to run because then I could just roll off what my players are doing and then just let wild shit happen. And that's purely from like a more improv Aikido style of DMing, which some people do like, but in a one shot scenario, it becomes harder to close out the story in a timely manner. Yeah. Is Aikido really freestyle? I mean, I'm just borrowing what Brendan says, which is just taking what you throw at me and throwing it back at you. Oh no, that makes a ton of sense. Okay. Okay. The way you said it made it seem like because it didn't have like a specific structure that maybe Aikido was like all about improvising or something. But oh, no, no, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Good analogy, Brennan Lee Mulligan. Yeah, thank you. I'm just stealing from other people much better than me. Because clearly I'm not eloquent in any ways of my words. That is also hella socialist and I'm all for it. <laughs> okay. Stealing, stealing from people with a lot more than you. <laughs> Damn. I'm sure he's fine with it. Anyways, not the point. This isn't a Brendan Lee Mulligan podcast. This right. is a one-shot podcast. Okay, so let's leave the sort of position in the company kind of ambiguous for now, and we can probably iron it out later. But like, just straight up, like, what are we sending them out to do, and then what are they going to encounter? If we're just going to take it from episode one, the leader of this giant kingdom is replaced by a robot. Uh... Then the robot goes crazy and starts becoming like... He's hella patriotic. That's the word. Sure. And then he sees, gets on Facebook and then wants to destroy all humanity and becomes the singularity. Okay, that's very funny. Yep. So personally, I would like to do the one where the king gets replaced by a, a robot and gotcha. then goes crazy. Because I think that's on a grander scale, you probably need some higher level individuals to go after him. Mm-hmm. And he's probably protected by a lot of guards that are really strong. And you as the individual will have to use your magic to either get close to him and then remove the king first, put in a robot, and then once the robot's in place as the second part of the obstacle, the robot goes crazy and then you have to take down the robot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I guess this time it would be a golem if we're staying in the fantasy medieval realm. Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's cool. I think you could set up like a really interesting final encounter for that. So let's do this. Being like, oh, it's too complicated to have everybody be a high level ranking member of the society it feels like a cop-out so let's say as true as we can to the show because obviously otherwise there would be no point in really drawing inspiration from it if we're just going to be like yeah you're all new members of the company every time and Mm -hmm. you're going to go out on a quest to do this thing so that's exactly what happens in the first episode right yes yeah okay so i think what this is kind of to me organically going towards is a more like investigative within the kingdom you're kind of trying to suppress certain like uprisings or like trying to suppress certain information and then that sort of work eventually leads you to trying to imbue the presidential golem with some kind of rune or something and then it goes wrong etc etc and then you have to kind of clean that up at the very end yeah okay so it sounds like we have a hook here and a possible resolution which is they probably have to fight the presidential golem or the king golem Mm -hmm. so for like a few obstacles the first one i would like to see them tackle would be you have to infiltrate the kingdom and kidnap the king and get him out of there and then Mm -hmm. replace him with the golem so Mm -hmm. that might be the first obstacle which is i guess half heist half infiltration hmm and you could probably set it up where it's like Because you're wizards in a world that doesn't know what magic is, you have a lot of powerful spells that can get you by places and into things that people aren't aware of, such as Disguise Self and all that, which should be pretty easy to get close to the king unless they royally fuck up somehow. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was trying really hard to set that up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, you you passed me that note before we started recording. That's like, I'm going to make the pun about 
royalty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which clearly, this is all scripted, and our fuck-ups and our lack of history <laughs> knowledge is all pre-planned. Right. And then for the next part of the obstacle, or the second obstacle, it would be the golem that's in place, something short circuits, some arcane magic goes wrong, and now you have to go back in and fix the golem. But you can't fix it, you have to kill it. And then when you kill it, you have to put the regular guy back. So it's like a... It's like a problem that we're at the end of the day when you do the one shot, you actually didn't do anything different. Right, right. Because you guys are just like not competent enough to do actual jobs, okay. but still somehow keep the idea of magic hidden. And maybe the king is somehow planning to expose magic or do something that is unprofitable for the wizards. Hmm, hmm, yeah. hmm, hmm, maybe he's like, oh, I want to expand to this mountain, which the wizards use to gather magic crystals, and I'm going to put my face on it. And you're like, no, 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 you do that, and we're going to fucking kill you. You mean the original president is talking about that, or you mean after you replace him? This is the original president. Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because that's the reason they're going in to replace him, maybe. Right, okay. What happens in the show? So in the show, the original president, like the uh, puppet president that they put in, because they rigged the whole election, because everyone knows that's just how it works. Right, in real life. In real life, yeah, 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 totally. And he's just too crazy. He's too wild. I think he's supposed to be a version of trump i guess as a joke i don't actually know oh so in the original show the original plant the human plant is already too nationalistic not too nationalistic he's just too wild and uncontrollable and they're like we're gonna put a robot in his place it'll make things way easier for us Uh, that's the whole point yeah gotcha okay so essentially this would be borrowing from that same idea of the first episode where instead of the king is doing something crazy and it's gonna hurt the magic society or the magic company for example, take blowing up one of their mines where they keep powerful magic crystals they use for experiments mm-hmm. and putting his face on it, just Mount Rushmoreing something. Mm. And because of that, the magic's like the magic. Yeah, that's the company name, the magic. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, the magic is gonna try to take him out and replace him with a golem that they can easily control and puppet in a better circumstance. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what do you think about the obstacle that I put in? Like, they have to sneak in. Like, what problems do you see there? Well, is the whole arc of this going to be just this sort of presidential heist? Or is it going to be like, you steal the president, you replace him, and then you have to re-replace him? That's my thought originally, yes. So then the whole heist is going to be, like, kind of short. Maybe, like, run up to an hour-ish? Hopefully, yes. I mean, players can always be weird. The question then is, would his sort of castle or compound be filled with people who were not in the know like they weren't part of the society they weren't planted there yeah my thought is that everyone in the castle are just like regular guards so maybe Mm -hmm. that makes the heist easier or if you feel like your party isn't interested in a heist uh, role play scenario Mm -hmm. you could probably just switch it so that he's already been replaced but you have to go deal with the golem already, and it's just like a battle up it. Oh. There's probably a version where you just kill everyone and run up to, to deal with them too. Is. Yeah. There's always a mo- murder hobo option. Right. And they'd probably not be very powerful guards. They'd probably be like low-ass yeah. CR. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in terms of the overall setting, it would kind of be more like there is a shadow ruling power, but the actual individual kingdoms aren't in on it. We just use magic to kind of sway who is in power or... Uh, you know, like the information people get. Yeah, I, I mean, this was just to add an obstacle. I think in the actual show, the president just immediately gets kidnapped within like two seconds. 
Yeah. And then they just yeah. dump them in a truck and then they replace them with a robot super easily. Right, right. But for a sense of an adventure and stuff for the players to do, yeah. maybe give them the chance to sneak in and do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah. So it's fun to kind of make it like a sneaking mission then. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it seems fun. Yeah, so the thing I'm thinking about right now that might be an issue is, like, do we have to do a map for them to sneak in? Or would it be just like, oh, yeah, you come across, like, two or three guards, depending on your stealth roll, and then you have to talk your way through it, or you have to use magic to come up with it from a creative aspect? Right. I think it would be more interesting to basically just, like, give them a few entry points. And then be like, okay, just come up with a way. If you're going to like go through the front, maybe you need to disguise yourself, come up with a good disguise, come up with a good backstory for what you're doing and mm-hmm. how you need to get to the king. Maybe you can like break in through like a cellar or something. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, you know, maybe have like a sort of combat-oriented option if people just want to say fuck it. Or maybe your party comp just like has more martial classes and they can't really do much mm-hmm. in terms of uh, fuckery. Yeah, it could just be a battle up to the king and replace them and then just someone hits them with a mind wipe a few seconds later right 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 yeah there's a few ways to take it it's very open because it's gonna be on the dm watching what their players want to do and then responding in kind so yeah i think just have somebody present them with like okay here are our three sort of suggested routes okay and then be like okay you can go to the front uh here's like someone you can disguise yourself as um, and then if the players want to, like, ad-lib anything, then they can do that. I think it's it's kind of interesting because you can kind of make the the whole thing either, like, very role-play-y mm-hmm. or just make it, like, a straight-up, like, okay, you fight some guards and then you run up, bust the king out, and then get away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they try to engage him when he's doing a parade and you just steal hmm. the guard there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. A very John F. Kennedy thing, I guess. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, there's a lot of options. I guess just to give the DM something to work with, let's figure out what one of the guards that they might roleplay with and have to negotiate their way through, mm. what are the key aspects that they're thinking about in order to like protect their king, and how could a party get past him? Well, I figure it would just kind of be like a guardsman at the front, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you would have to like deceive some guards that are like guarding the entrance, which yeah. would be pretty easy. Because nobody knows about magic, so you could disguise yourself as literally anybody and no one would be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Let's say they disguise themselves as somebody and walk in. One of the guards just tries to interact with them. He's like, hey, they ask him some questions and make it a little bit awkward. What do you think the guard wants to know from the other guards? Like, you're not on this route. I've never seen you before. Yeah, well, I assume it would be like you get through the front and then you have to like meet with the king's attendant. Mm-hmm. Who would then be like, why are you here? Why would you need to see the king? Mm-hmm. Um, and then your party would have to come up with some random excuse like, oh, we're a traveling circus or something. <laughs> we want to perform for the king. But or... you're dressed as a guard. Well, I mean, you don't have to disguise yourself as a guard, right? That's true, too. Yeah, so you can kind of go in as anything. But yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, you can constrain your players like that, too. Just be like, oh, well, the only way to get it is to disguise yourself as a guard. No, I don't like constraining my players. I like seeing what they do. So coming in as like a traveling troop would be a fun option. Essentially, the attendant there is just trying to figure out what you're doing there, and you have to do a convincing sell. Yeah, yeah. And so basically have him be the sort of ability check mm-hmm. obstacle in place. Yeah, he's an ability check obstacle, and I think if the players are able to say the right thing, maybe if they look into his mind, they know that he's actually from this hometown known as Boringville, 
and mm-hmm. you can just reference something about the fountain there that like oh it's like oh yeah i'm also from boringville you know chad yeah chad's dope we hang out all the time at the bar down the street called bear's grill and that would add to some level of camaraderie with right. the attendant allowing him to let you in because yeah. literally what happens in the show is the really attractive white dude just goes up and just does a bunch of like frat boy stuff and then meets up with all the guards and they just let him in because he's a white male right 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 oh man such a good part of that episode also do you go to bear's grill just to like drink piss (laughs) no not at all (laughs) maybe i guess that's like that's a great joke (laughs) is it like bear grills Bear Grylls? Yeah, the survival guy. He's like famous for drinking his own piss. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was a survival guy and just yeah, eats yeah. random crap. No, no, I mean, he has to drink his own piss because that's how you survive. No, it's not. If you drink yeah. your own piss, you start dying. What? It's not good for you. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to drink your own piss. I'm not a survival guy, <laughs> to be fair. You're technically a doctor, which is really funny. <laughs> like, you can't really make excuses when, like, okay. when it comes to, like, ingesting things that can potentially okay. kill you. From, like, a medical standpoint, I'm not actually a doctor, to Yeah, let's get real deep into the nitty-gritty of piss. Yeah. I mean, the idea is that you're drinking, essentially, toxins that you've already expelled back Uh, into your body, so it's not actually giving you... But I can just expel them again, right? You can, but you're just working your kidney twice as hard. Should I stop drinking piss? You should stop drinking piss. At most, you could, like, wet your mouth with it, but you shouldn't (laughs) be drinking it. The idea of drinking piss is to, like, satisfy thirst, right? But it's not actually giving you any more water in your body. This doesn't matter. This Yo, is not water around this D&D podcast. That might be the worst phrase I've ever heard. Wetting your mouth with piss. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Because all I can think of is, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, really shitty foreplay, and you're just like, I'm gonna wet your mouth with piss, girl. Anyways... <laughs> okay i truly do not remember what we were talking about um how they could get past the tendon that's where we were yeah no no so that sounds fun so i guess it would basically be like the sort of branching paths are you just disguise yourself and then you can either come up with like a very convincing excuse or if you're a spellcaster you can use some kind of like detect thoughts or similar spell to establish rapport with the advisor or you can kind of just break in yeah, I mean, there's always the very straightforward option of just fly in or spider climb. Right, And you right. might be able to make it fun being like, oh, but you know that like people just don't fly in this world. How do you disguise yourself? And they're like, oh, I put a bunch of cotton on myself and I look like a cloud or a bird. Oh, wait, so people in the Dark Ages were just like really fucking stupid? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's the point, So yes. if there was like a guy covered in cotton climbing up a sheer castle wall, you would be like... Oh, a cloud, if you were, like, in the Dark Ages. I mean, you can roll for stupidity. Roll d d20 and see how stupid they are. Okay. No, okay, that honestly sounds really funny. Depending on your table, I'm sure that's, like, totally on, on the table. That wasn't meant as a joke. I just didn't like how that sounded. <laughs> um, it just kind of trailed. Well, I just, because I just said table twice in different contexts, and it just sounded weird. Anyways, edit that out, please. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> edit out the past, like, ten minutes. Okay, okay. But, yeah, so, either way, they get into the king... They replace him with a golem. You can just say you have like a pocket-sized golem that grows to proper size or some sure. shit. Yep. It's magic. It doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it does matter, but not enough for the context of this one shot. Yeah, I mean, just give him a magic item. Yeah, magic item, uh, golem replacing king. Yeah. Okay? And then you kidnap the king, and then you get out of there. However the players want to do it, maybe they have to do another roleplay session, and they have to deal with the tendon again because they have like this guy racked up in a rug. Yeah, well, then the... Additional challenge there is how do you get the king alone? 
so you would have to kind of like come up with some excuse to like get the king to go somewhere or like figure out when he kind of does maybe some kind of ritual every day where he's alone. Yeah, it depends on how much depth. I think it could just be easier that he's just in his chambers on his own. And Okay. I mean, that seems highly unplausible. What? A king right? doesn't want to just jerk off on his own in his chambers? Oh, 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 sorry. When you said chambers, like I assumed you meant like the hall. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah, like his bedroom chambers. Right, 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 right. I mean, I guess it depends on how long you want to make it. Yeah, that's true. Because like, you would assume that like, anywhere the king is there would be some layer of security yeah maybe i mean it depends on how much you want to play into it because maybe you could go in the bedroom chamber and there's a guard in there and you have to deal with that or right a chambermaid or his spouse yeah something children i don't know it depends on how difficult you want to make it for him and how long you want to push this gag for <laughs> right 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 and how i guess serious you want to make this kind of encounter to be yeah. But the idea is that, like, one way or another, they get the king alone, and they book it with him. Okay, and then yeah. they put a golem in his place. I guess it is kind of more telling, or I guess there is, like, a, a little more... I don't know if suspense is the right word, but it is a little more narratively satisfying when the party gets in the castle really easily, and then mm. they get the job done really easily, and then they get home, and then it's like, oh, shit, the new replacement is actually going crazy, and is gonna, like, spark war with a nearby kingdom or something yeah like you just hear like a nearby yeller just being like yeah king decides to attack both new jersey and new kingdom <laughs> oh, too yeah right right right. yeah he's gonna go to boston and then he's also going to attack other geographical location yeah i don't know any kingdoms that actually existed in the dark ages so i'm just gonna say new jersey right and you don't want that that's not what the wizard group wants because war is bad for the economy isn't it good for the economy maybe it's bad for wizards because then they don't get as much magic juice somehow i don't know oh okay yeah i mean we, we can workshop the the reason why they're sent back in but they are they just gotta stop the war yeah okay okay so they gotta go stop the golem from inciting war against a foreign kingdom or another kingdom yeah and now their job is to get back in but now the guards are even tighter because they've started war so then yeah, now it's more okay. difficult to get in and maybe they're given more opportunities to do lethal stuff, I guess. Hmm. Or maybe they are on a war front and they have to go find the king, just like chilling on the war front. And now it's like a whole different setting. Well, I mean, at least I personally can't think of that much that would make the approach of breaking back into the castle that different. Because it would pretty much just be like, you would either have to be like, oh, well, the security is so tight, they won't let any visitors in whatsoever, and you like, have to force them to break in forcefully, or, I don't know, like, stealth in, but it wouldn't feel that, it wouldn't feel different enough to kind of be the climactic ending of the one-shot. True. So we would have to either move the king somewhere else to make it more difficult, or we would have to change up the scenarios for what resources the party has because again referencing the show again what happens is that once the robot goes haywire the main character uh fuck you the main it. character chick just essentially gets fired and she loses her job so she doesn't have ac the same access of right. abilities to get back in that's something similar we could put on the party where oh you could have gotten in the kingdom really easily because you have all these abilities but now you can't do that anymore and you have to find a new way in to deal with this problem Hmm. 
But so that would basically mean that they're stripped of their magic. Yeah. So mechanically, I don't know how that would work from a one shot perspective. On the other hand, again, you could just place him somewhere else. Maybe he's now in a dungeon. Now you have a dungeon crawl you got to deal with because the king is in a safe house. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. Well, I was thinking something like the or yeah, the king. I am confused because we just call him the president. Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna say like, is it the president? No, the king is like maybe. He's, like, inciting war, and he's on the front lines or something. And yeah. And then he's, like, obviously super powerful. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's... Is he? A... Uh... Well, he is a golem, so I guess he is very powerful. Yeah, well, I I assume it would be something like, well, you need to stop him because if he fights, then... Magic He's going is to revealed. show magic, yeah. yes. Okay. So you have to, like, go and intercept him, and then maybe you also have to fight off his personal bodyguards, and then you take him out and then replace him. Yeah. I like that, yeah, yeah, because now he's showing off magic because he's just killing people with golem powers. Right. And I think the golem stat block does have, like, the ability to shoot slow or something. You could give it flamethrowers and other spell cast abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to spice it up. Right. I mean, you could just choose some kind of, like, one of the boss stat blocks and then just reflavor everything. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, he's just a humanoid king with a boss stat block. He's just the aspect of Tiamat. No, that's really strong. Sorry, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, what's the CR? Yeah, like 24? Oh, okay, what would be like an appropriate party to Nothing? That to? I guess like four level 20s with magic items. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, although it gets funky because CR at high levels doesn't really matter. I know you don't really want this conversation. Uh-huh. and just I'm already pull- checking out. Okay, thank you. All right, the next obstacle then is just fighting the king on the battlefield, I guess, or fighting yeah. some groups of minions up to the king on the battlefield. Yeah, I think it presents a sort of interesting challenge because you would need to make sure you're eliminating as many onlookers as possible yes witnesses so you would first if you wanted if the party wanted to they would strategize like okay where can we lead him so there's like as few eyes on him as possible when we take him out yeah Um, thank god no cell phones exist right yeah and then you would also have to say like okay well we have to take out all the guards as well and the painters trying to record the scenes into the future right yeah 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 kings just blowing fire breaths everywhere typing on their big printing machines Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah, so then you would also have to, like, you couldn't let anybody run away. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta destroy all the haunted printing presses so they can't right, write anything yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you'd be, have to be, like, constantly rolling deck saving throws to avoid little letter blocks that are flying out at you. <laughs> yes. That'd be a fun lair action. <laughs> yeah, it might not seem like it, but that sort of pressure is actually, it puts a lot of uh, emphasis on thinking of different ways to use your action economy during the fight. Yeah, because it um, makes the combat very unique because you'll have, you could probably set up the battle map where there's a bunch of combatants and the king's fighting and blowing fire and you can emphasize like this combatant knows what's happening here and right. you have to get rid of him otherwise he's going to tell people. Yeah, yeah, because you have to start thinking of ways to either like incapacitate people immediately or mm. like stop their movement, maybe like mind control them. There's a lot of avenues to take mm-hmm. in terms of um, how to actually stop people, but it kind of puts an additional layer of pressure on the fight instead of just being like, I'm going to hit the boss. Yeah. Making it more spicy, for sure. I like that. I like that. Okay. So essentially this obstacle is broken down with their king is fighting in a location. You have to get to that location, dealing with any peons or whatever in the way, whether or not you want to add spice up by adding more encounters in. You Mm -hmm. could probably do that here. And then the king is just some boss stat block you want to use for maybe like a level 10 party. Because that's a lot of magic shit, and that sounds pretty powerful. Yeah, no, I'm liking more and more the concept of everybody actually being very high level and very high ranking. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a nice opportunity to kind of spice this up from what is usually done on this show, which is just like, 
okay, we're going to have this hook and then there's going to be this many encounters and then you're going to have the final encounter. I yeah, think that's why I brought you on. <laughs> Spice it up, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. So what I would want to do is first you fight four guards in the castle and then the next fight you're attacked by some wolves. Oh, okay. And the... <laughs> no, I think it would be really fun to just put in like a big role-playing section where you're just planning how to take out the new golem president. Mm-hmm. And so you can like bring in other people from the company, bring people from different departments and then be like, okay, here's the lowdown. Here's where he's going to be. Uh, you know, like we got to figure out where we can take him to take him out. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out how to get the other president in. We got to figure out like, you know, what can we bring to the fight, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it could be a fun way to just like explore what the heck the society even is, explore different people. You can put in some funny NPCs. Sure. What can we offer the DM to uh, give the players in this scenario? Because like if they're going to be like bringing other people in, what other special items or magical abilities should the company have at their disposal? Oh, Okay. I wonder, is it too OP to kind of just let the players ad-lib that? To be like, oh, let's ask what the R&D department can give us to, you know, like, incapacitate him or, you know, like, disable his certain functions. It can be. My problem with that is it really depends on your player group and on how active they are as individuals. Yeah. Because... I mean, we all love Dimension 20. They have some great improv artists on there. Yeah. But the average D&D player is not just going to be like, you know what? I want a poop-throwing launcher that can catch frogs when it lands. Right. Well, but... Well, so not necessarily just saying, like, I'm going to bring this super powerful item. It one-shots golems. It's mm. a big glowing sword. <laughs> but more just, like, you present the party with, okay, here are the golems' abilities. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to mitigate this kind of stuff? And oh, then, okay, okay. So the players can be like, oh, well, what can we do about blank? And then you might have... Well, so I guess it wouldn't really be ad-libbing then. It would, you would just kind of have... Let the players ask about stuff mm-hmm. and then have something prepared for you know each one of the golem's little abilities or his quirks mm-hmm. so the players can kind of ask about how do we mitigate this? And then you say, oh, well, we have this item. Mm-hmm. So here's an idea, and let me know if you think this will work, but... Because the golem is supposedly like super patriotic in this way, yeah. maybe one way you can lure him away is using the enemy flag. And if you can grab it and like envelop yourself or mm. make it look like the enemy's mascot, I don't. It's not a mascot. That's like a football team thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, I think I think in the Dark Ages, all kingdoms had mascots. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Whatever the equivalent of a mascot, maybe like a gold eagle or animal of that particular kingdom's sure. emblem. Yeah, you can use that to infuriate the golem to chase you. And right. then he'll run off the battlefield. Then maybe that's one of the items you can use. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be cool to like let the players either pick up on that or you know have an advisor during the kind of roundtable you're going to have. Yeah. Be like, yeah, well, the golem is extremely nationalistic, and you can like maybe we can provoke him to lure him away. Yeah, I think you can even like just say that the guy who made the golem is there with you, and you can ask him questions about. Yeah, it. yeah, I think that works. Yeah. And then I think other abilities that you probably can slap on is he's probably immune to magic in some weird way and you have to get rid of it just to... Because he's oh, like a magic golem. Oh, yeah. So maybe he kind of like put up an anti-magic barrier or something yeah. on him because he knows. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then you have to get rid of it and maybe the only way to get rid of it is water. Just got to wipe it off. Okay. <laughs> you got to make it rain somehow on him to get rid of the barrier. All right. Yeah. Something stupid like that's, that. That works, I guess. No, some OxyClean. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe you just give them some kind of, like, solution that 
wipes it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you need to apply it to him some way so right. you can shoot magic at him to get rid of him. If you're going to destroy him that way, if you want to spice up the encounter a little bit more. There's obviously the op- easy option um, where it's just, oh, go fight this level 10 encounter and slug it out. Although, I do feel like spicing it up makes it more interesting. Yeah, I think it would be cool to kind of give the players a bunch of information on like his layers of defenses Mm -hmm. and as you strip them off he basically becomes a commoner yes Um, or you know just like a very weak like you know comparative to level 10 or whatever they're going to be at like an extremely weak npc yeah so i mean you know like one of those things is like okay well first we have to shed the anti-magic barrier Mm -hmm. and then maybe we can disable some of his spells and then you know remove his armor etc yeah and i know for a lot of the golem stat blocks if we're going to use it they have like the ability to not be polymorphed and you could probably give them an item or some way to remove that that they Mm. have to get up close and activate on the golem right with maybe like a successful like dexterity dc check kind of thing yeah 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 just to make it more interesting for what they approach it with yeah instead of just fighting while also trying to keep the guards away and also trying to move him somewhere else. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, these are just a bunch of ideas we're throwing out, and you can use whatever you feel is comfortable with as a uh-huh. DM. I think, personally, if I was running it, I would definitely add in the f- mascot chase. Um, right, right. I like the mascot chase a lot. Well, I think it's I mean, really fun. it's funny, I mean, because you can do anything, right? Like, yeah. if your players are, are just say, like, okay, I'm going to use, like, project voice and just talk a bunch of shit about him, and then I'm going <laughs> to run. Like, And that's, like, a funny role-playing moment. Yeah. So you can kind of like let them do anything with mm-hmm. that with that kind of thing. But what what I'm imagining is like you're having this round table, there's like the R&D guy or whatever, whoever designed the golem. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like telling you about potential weaknesses in the golem's design. And so mm-hmm. when you're in the battle, you have to be like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to try and, you know, like remove the back of his pants cuz that's where like a rune is located." Oh, okay, okay. So you're like rolling for this kind of stuff and then it feels good cuz you if you're successful on it, then you're like, "Oh, I use knowledge in order mm-hmm. to like succeed at this thing and it also means that because there's probably going to be a lot of it a, a lot of action economy used on mitigating witnesses and mm-hmm. like uh you know controlling the area um it means that even if you don't have an extremely like combat optimized party as long as people have enough actions to disable his stuff yes then the fight will eventually be won in a certain number of rounds yeah yeah do you think it's possible for them to lose this with the R&D department on their side or well if what you're doing... Because I think there should be some aspect of danger yeah. from the encounter. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll be like, well, why are we even like doing all of this random stuff? We could just like hit him and win. Yeah. Which I guess should be a possibility. It is D&D. Mm-hmm. But my thought would be like, you have to disable his some of his extremely dangerous magics. Only then will he be challengeable by whatever strength you're at. Okay, okay. That's fair. So, you know, like, maybe make the DC kind of low or, like, give them advantage because they know the mm-hmm. spot to erase or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like, disable his... Maybe he has, like, very high-level magic that yeah. he's unable to use or you wipe his spell slots or something. That's true. That's true. I think that's definitely a way to go about it. The player should be feeling a lot of pressure from having to deal with all these different aspects at the same time. Yes. Without, hopefully, it being annoying. We'll see, though, honestly. Yeah. I think it is a little more fun when it feels more like firefighting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, cause it's like, oh, this, you know, this new issue popped up, like maybe, uh, reinforcements come or oh, yeah. someone is about to, or like, you know, the golem is about to do some extremely flashy magic that's going to be seen from like kingdoms nearby. So you have to, you know, like stop him, counterspell it or whatever, what have you. Yeah. 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 Counterspell um, be these one, or maybe he's like trying to charge up a big, like laser beam attack and you got to put something in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big bang, bang cannon. Yeah. Big bang attack. Is that okay. I'm final flash, up. final I'm, flash from Vegeta. What is, what is, uh, Piccolo's? Uh, special, special beam, beam cannon. cannon. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so maybe he's going to fire a special beam cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone's he's charging it, and you have to stop him from charging. Knock him out of concentration. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's one mechanic. Oh, anyways, Dragon Ball Z talk. Yep. You don't sound very interested about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> this is... Oh, I was like... Oh, this isn't really funny. <laughs> I was like, should I just like keep referencing Raditz and shit? But uh, you know, it's not worth it. Don't worry, I called it out. Now it's funny again. Okay, great. Cool, cool, cool. Anyways, good job, folks. Either way, though, I assume they destroy the golem and put the king back in place somehow. Right, yeah. That's how it resolves. Yeah. You go back to your company and they give you your job. I mean, they probably didn't lose their job. They give them a promotion. Yeah, yeah. I assume there's, you know, just typical resolution. You can kind of free ball it if you want. But yeah, you, you just... Put the president back in. You just be like, we found the president again. And then he goes back to his castle. Yeah, and he's just like, what happened? I'm just gonna go back and be ultra weird. But at least I'm not like as crazy as the other king previously who tried right. to start a war for no reason. Yeah. And you could probably do an epilogue where he like makes peace with the other king. And then they both decide to put their face on like a different mountain together. Oh, sure. Based on your hook, yeah. Yeah, based on your hook. Like you just like, oh yeah, you whispered some message into him it's like oh yeah you become friends and you do it somewhere else and that was actually the easiest solution all along but you guys just didn't realize it because you guys are supposed to be incompetent in some weird way oh ah, okay yeah that could be a fun epilogue you know i mean obviously it's because this is based on a show that does the same thing but there's a lot of sort of narrative uh like morals that you can tell through the epilogue being like oh you know all along, like, because the kingdoms were at war, they couldn't, they didn't realize that the solution to this whole thing was just to, like, compromise all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, like, an Aesop fable? Maybe. I just learned that word the other day, and I thought it was really cool, but I don't actually understand what it's about. Really? <laughs> I think I learned that word in, like, fourth grade. Well, congrats. I wasn't paying attention I mean, not really the word, but just the person. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, a philosopher or something who tells, like, Don't ask me, because it seemed like I was really smart by... <laughs> calling you out and now you're gonna call me out because i don't actually know who he was and then we're getting back into history and this isn't what our podcast is about because we both suck at it right i mean we suck at most things yeah but we just pretend that we don't yeah yeah why are you guys listening to us thank you anyways <laughs> we just made a dnd one shot i think maybe would you call it a one shot uh yeah yeah i think we have enough in there the thing that's probably lacking is just like fleshing out the actual final encounter because that's going to be like the meat and bones of this of this campaign. True. Because it's it's pretty much you do a quick twenty minute heist, maybe sprinkle in some role play. Mm -hmm. That might make it take longer, but you get the king out, and then you kind of have like a big gathering, and you're all talking about you know how you're going to tackle this, and then you go and do this fight, and then there's obviously going to have to be a lot of mechanics that you throw in mm -hmm. because you need to control like who's going to see, who's going to you know like potentially cause a risk, uh, what kind of things the golem is going to actually do that you have to disable. Yeah, so here's just a quick mechanical process then on how I would do it. As a guy who DMs way too much and never gets to play. Great. So Daniel's going to be bored, I'm sorry, but just take a golem that's close to level 10. I think most of them have the immunity to be polymorphed, 
and give the players a way from the R&D department to remove that polymorph aspect. That way they have an easy solution to just take them out of the fight if they so choose to. Oh, um, isn't that a little too easy? That is a little too easy, but it'll be difficult because you have to get close to him and then remove it, and that'll be the hard part because he will try to kill you when you get close because golems mm. are pretty strong, and if they're all casters, it'll be really difficult. If they're not casters and maybe they're stealthy, then they just make the DC check a little harder. Just make it like a higher DC. Mm -hmm. And if they do something interesting, they can maybe do it more effectively. The other problem is that as long as the golem is moving, anything within 15 feet of its radius will notice that this thing is crazy and has magic runes. And then every mm -hmm. turn, you'll use some random... We can say, like, Beholder Raybeam abilities, mm -hmm. which are actually pretty powerful, so be kind of careful. Right. But every turn, he does a Raybeam thing, and then any bystander nearby will notice that he has magic and then you can just mark the bystander and say you guys got to go kill him otherwise he's gonna go tell somebody right right mm -hmm. yeah okay that's just like a quick dirty option I, obviously if we ever do a write-up of this we'll flesh it out a lot more but yeah just some concepts for you as a dm or player i don't know why a player is listening to us i mean you can Thank yeah you. if you're listening please stop <laughs> so your dm can use these for his for his campaigns or maybe you should dm Use these as ideas to DM yourself. No, nah, you know that's never going to happen. <laughs> Please, somebody DM for me. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, that's the one shot here. Did you want to do a summary on this? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we've decided you're going to be high-ranking, probably, like, owners of your respective departments, and it would be funny if, I guess, the departments were all useless. Oh, yeah. But you were just, like, the head of them. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, uh, so you're working for this shady society that's trying to prevent the knowledge of magic from being sent out to the masses so that's at risk because the or no no sorry the magic being let out isn't at risk it's the society is somehow being disadvantaged by the king of this kingdom uh -huh. trying to do something i don't know if we've decided that it's because he's trying to like put his face on a mountain that's being mined for magic crystals or whatever. I think it should be something very self-centered like that. It makes it easier for why the magic kingdom's like, we gotta get rid of this guy. Right, yeah. It could also just be, he's just difficult to control. Maybe he's not starting any wars, but he's just too crazy in his antics, and it's not a good image for what they want to represent. Maybe he's not pushing the right policies that they want. Yeah, I mean, you can characterize it however you want. I guess basically however political you want to make it. Yeah, yeah. It can range from anything from, like, whether or not the kingdom has social welfare to the king wants to put his face on a mountain. Um, or yeah. maybe, maybe he's just, like, a huge gigolo, and they're like, no, we can't have this. Yeah. There's too many king babies everywhere. It's not okay. Oh. I feel like, no, I'm not going to get into what a gigolo is. What? Oh, is that not what a gigolo is? No, Shit. but it... Oh, well, I guess... No, I forgot that a gigolo is, like, a male prostitute. Is it not? Yeah, it is. Okay. Why are we talking about this? Ed, ed, edit this out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so truly does not matter what his motivations are. But yeah, basically the society doesn't want the king doing whatever he's going to do. So they send you in to take him out, replace him with a super powerful golem. The golem starts going haywire. So you meet up with other important departments, quote unquote, important departments from your society. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R&D designed the golem so they know his weaknesses. So he tells you a bunch of ways to disable him, basically. You lure him out somewhere. You have to figure out uh, how to minimize witnesses, minimize casualties, mm -hmm. um, and also prevent people from seeing, you know, the super powerful magics that the golem can use. Yeah. Um, you do that. You bring him back. You replace the original king. This all happens in a sort of narrative epilogue style throwback to, you know, you getting promotions or something. And then... Tote bags. Happily ever after. Yeah, tote bags. Oh, yeah. yeah that's great. You can be super patronizing with, with the... Uh, 
the compensation. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go from the corporate route, they could just get something stupid like watches, pens, tote bags, yep. a Love discount that. card to Arby's. Because Arby's is in this world. <laughs> the meats. Yep, fantasy Arby's. Fantasy Arby's. Perfect. I mean, would you want to play in this? Yeah, no, definitely. I like the... Um, I don't feel super confident of just like ad-libbing a ton of stuff about what I do at this job, but mm-hmm. it does sound really fun like sneaking into a castle and then just like having to make up a bunch of bullshit with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> just being like, oh, we're here to uh, deliver steaks to the king, the president. Yeah, steaks. Yeah. Steaks are reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, something high stakes. Yeah, high stakes. Shit. No, that's not a good joke. God Don't damn it. God. That's so bad. Stop. It's so bad. Put okay. Yeah, I mean, from a DM standpoint, just to help your players maybe get into that like corporate role, you can use the Acquisition Incorporated book from Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yeah, that exists. Yeah, it helps build goals, flaws, what they're kind of like. Because you still want to set it up in like this weird corporate setting. Like right. these guys are at a water cooler and then they get assigned a job kind of yeah. thing. So that's a great thing. From a DM standpoint as well, you do have to be willing to... Like, you're going to be working with a lot of things on the fly. And yeah. just, like, hoping it comes out for the best. And you're going to have to give them a lot of leeway, especially in the beginning, just so they can get the replacement in. Or yeah. if you feel like that party is just not into that, they don't like role-playing, then you can just skip it. Say that's already done, and you just have to get to the king and kill him. <laughs> or get to the golem and kill him. Yeah, that's true. So you can definitely just kind of skip over a lot of stuff if you're not comfortable with it, which is kind of a cool modular aspect of this for sure but i'd say do it it has a lot of rewarding aspects and could be really funny depending on your group yeah for sure for sure yeah i think it's nice that we were able to design something that has a lot of just like here's where you're gonna role play some stuff and here's kind of like the hook that you need to Mm. get the conversation started yeah etc etc there's also like a fun aspect of if you wanted to go into it, designing the castle and then doing the heist, like, as a heist. Right, yeah. That could be yeah. really cool, too. You can make it pretty, yeah, pretty involved yeah. in in both of the sort of main encounters. Yeah, just from a podcast uh, medium, it's very hard to describe us drawing a castle dungeon right. for you, so... And that's why Daniel's gonna draw the blueprint and then he's gonna up- <laughs> upload it to at another one D and d one-shot podcast. No. No. What is the name of the show? <laughs> our, sh- our show is One Shot at a Time. You can look us up at One Shot at a Time on Twitter. You can also email us at One Shot at a Time at gmail.com. There's no at in front of emails. I don't know why I said that. Either way, thank you all for listening. This is our first episode of our new season. Hopefully, it's good. I don't know. We don't know anything about history. <laughs> That's the main takeaway. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, we got to close out these podcasts. So why don't you give us our uh, ceremonial closeout tangent to start with, and then we'll keep going from there. Okay, great. So the thing about VTubers is... Oh my god, <laughs> why VTubers? <laughs> We've tried this three times. Why VTubers? Well, you brought it up the second time. Oh, that's fair. That's my fault. Um, but what I wanted to say is that the thing about VTubers is that they have socials that they like to plug. Yeah, and so do we. And our socials... Uh, great fucking segue. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you for calling it out, too. So it just makes it even better. Anyways, our socials, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at one shot at a time. You can hit us up in our Gmail at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com. And then uh, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us that clean five stars. Helps us with that algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, all praise that algorithm. Love math. Love data science. Yeah. Is that how that works? I guess so. I don't really understand what algorithm is. It's just a key buzzword I see on YouTube and uh, everywhere else. Uh, other than that, for everyone else who's listening and you like D&D or don't like D&D, but just like us, Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the love.
I like how the way you phrase that makes it seem like nobody who listens to this podcast likes us and D and D. It's like only you either like D and D or and you hate us or you love us but you hate D and D. I'm sorry, I'm bad with the words and I keep coughing. Anyways, our outros are probably going to be way less professional than this, even in the future. But we'll try, we'll try. Anyways, please share with your friends. We do make one-shots too, so please send us recommendations or prompts. I don't know, what else am I should ask, should I ask for? If you would like to play D&D with us, you can come to... Daniel's address is... <laughs> what? No, please, no. 